We've been in the book of John for a couple weeks. I'd like to continue to walk through a couple of miracles, John 4 and John 5. Jesus had gone back to Cana where he'd turned water into wine, and a nobleman came to him. This would have been probably one of Herod's household, part of the palace group. And uh, he says, my son's sick, won't you come heal him? And uh, Jesus answers in a way that I wouldn't have anticipated. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. <laughs> the guy's son is sick, you know. <laughs> yes or no, it would have been my thought. But it appears he's talking to a larger group, and he's going, you love these miracles, but there is a tendency for us even today to get preoccupied with the miracles and not say, what's the importance of this, and where is this taking us? And so we start getting in love with the miracles more than we get in love with God. And the challenge at times is to say, yeah, yeah, we do want miracles in our midst, but are we preoccupied with loving God and letting him, in a sense, choose when and where these kind of things take place? So Jesus is drawing a picture, and he's going, in a sense, he is letting it be known that he's going to do miracles but they should be pointing these people to something. It ought to be engendering some kind of belief or understanding and saying, this is the Son of God. And so even for ourselves, there is that thing of, okay, I love having miracles happen, but where is this taking me? Um, how, many, how many have been healed that you know specifically? Like a physical healing. Quite a number in our midst. Um, last winter, I was wrestling with something in my lungs. I just didn't have endurance like I normally had. And it, it started in the fall. I assumed it was an allergy. And, of course, the season that we're going through, you don't dare cough even, right? And so it's one of those things, I am not going to a doctor for this. And I, yeah. um, I caught COVID later. It wasn't a big deal for me. I know it is for some, but... I was very aware, and I didn't go see a doctor then either. But that said, this thing stuck with me all through the fall and into January. One night at Connections, um, I just made an aside comment going, yeah, I've had this lung thing for, you know, I, I wasn't asking for prayer. And uh, Jacob, where, where, yeah. Jacob, whoa, let's pray for that. Okay. He prayed, and it was instantly gone. And I'm going, I'm going to wait a few days before I declare anything. <laughs> then two weeks later, there was nothing again, and there still isn't. You know, it's like, okay, God did something I hadn't anticipated. Um, but if I get in love with just that, you know, it, the love ought to be going toward God and saying, I am so grateful 
that you took this away in an instant. And the acknowledgement that there is something unique about our belief in Jesus. There is something powerful there that goes beyond normal life. So anyway, Jesus makes this comment. And, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have an enemy that, that works against us, right, in, in Satan. And if you go back to the Garden of Eden, his initial thing to Eve was, is it true you can't eat of any of the trees? And it was like this overstatement of saying, God doesn't want you even eating, you're going to die. You know, is the implication. And, and so in that, Eve responds, no, it's only the tree in the middle. Oh, surely you won't die. And in our minds, anytime you hear that, surely not, it ought to make you think twice. Anytime you're looking at something and you have this impression that this is the way God functions, this is what he wants, surely not. That's just a little aside. Um, so Jesus goes to this man who's, or talks to this man who's asked him to come heal his son. And Jesus tells him, uh, go home, he's better. The guy's traveled. Now, when he goes home, he has, it takes him more than that day to get home. It's the next day that he arrives. And so, you know, he, he's not only being told, you know, unless you see miracles, you're not going to believe. Go on. It's okay. And he's got a choice. He has to accept what Jesus has said, or he keeps after him saying, no, 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 you come with me. Maybe he can't force Jesus to do that. He has no authority, but it, he has to turn and go. And, and again, we're going, really? Jesus functioned that way? I mean, that doesn't sound very gracious or considerate or, you know, even a loving action. But that's the way it came out. And uh, the guy goes home, and his son is better. And he's, well, what time did this happen? And he realizes it's at the same time as when Jesus said it's, it's good. And there's a declaration, this man is household belief. They, they take what's happened and they believe. One of the beauties of this particular miracle is that it covers distance. I mean, anytime we're praying now, we don't see Jesus, and we're hoping that his power has the ability to go distance. There's kind of a, a thing that people get caught up in in Scripture about, like, anointing oil. You remember the, the Good Samaritan had oil with him, and he poured in wine and oil for the healing. And sometimes people who aren't ready to embrace miracles go, yeah, that's just kind of a natural healer. You know, you pour in that oil, or there's massage, you know, and, and then, you know, when Jesus sent out the 12, 
they anointed her with oil, they prayed, and people were healed. And some would go, well, yeah, he, he'd already... <laughs> it's nuts to me, but that's, some people are, are land on that page, and when they go to the book of James, you know, if any is sick, call on the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and, uh, and, and they'll be healed. <laughs> and I'm going... You're telling me that it's like the first church massage, you know, get the massagers, you know, that'll, that'll really, I just don't buy it. And when it goes further, James is painting a picture, he's saying, the effective prayer of a righteous man has great impact. And then he draws the, the story of Elijah who prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years. And, you know, you're going, that was miraculous. That wasn't massaging, okay? And I just, if at very minimum, if you're going to say, well, they were taking oil and praying, maybe that was combining medicine with prayer, I that's as far as I'm willing to even look at it myself. But I'm saying there's a dimension of the supernatural that Jesus was exhibiting that covers distance in a way that goes, it wasn't his touch, it wasn't this uh, strong personality that could talk somebody into to health, right? That's the other thing we tend to get distracted on. Yeah, you know, if you... If you're with a, a strong enough person, you're going to do whatever they want. Are you feeling better? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better. And it'll last until you get out the door. No, this was, this was a miracle that covered distance, and the timing was perfect. And so we're going, this wasn't natural. And that, I guess, inspires me to believe that God... And with Jesus is who he said he was, and God loves people enough to do those kind of things. So um, that said, um, as long as I'm on this distance thing, I want to go back and get that one more shot. When Peter, in Acts chapter 5, is walking by people, they had people on pallets and, you know, just on the ground. Not pallets, like we know pallets, but, you know, mats. And uh, it said they would try to, so even his shadow would fall on them. And apparently there were healings happening just in that regard. Powerful. Or Paul in Ephesus, um, they're taking things that have touched him, handkerchiefs, aprons. They're taking it to people and they're getting better. And again, you're going, this is not... massaging. This is supernatural. And the church was built in that. And, and we're looking at it and going, well, God, please allow those kind of things to continue in our day as well. Um, so that said, John chapter 5. I don't know if you've ever heard about this miracle, but there's a man at the Pool of Bethesda, been there 38 years, and uh, actually, this is, a, this is a really good thing for us. 
You know, when often when Charlie and, and Kurt were sharing, all three of us would have the same thing from different perspectives. And I'd, if I had anything to say to you today, if this miracle is coming forth from two guys that didn't talk about things together, probably better listen to what's there, right? And, and acknowledge that the Lord is doing something for us in bringing these, this miracle before us. So anyway, as Benny was sharing, there's a man that's been there 38 years, and he probably started as a boy, right? But in that, his muscles would have atrophied to the point that there was, he wasn't just going to stand up and walk unless something really dynamic happened. Because if you've ever seen a person that's been like that for years and years, those muscles just kind of go away. And so with him there 38 years, um, it was, you know, Jesus spots him and goes, this guy's been here a long time. It's obvious. But what's important when Jesus says, do you want to get well? And a guy has a box that just says, can't. Can't get there in time. And that is the point of what we're looking at in some ways of where's, what's your God box got that says I can't change? Uh, we've, we do that in all kinds of things. I mean, we pray, God, I'd really like to get into financial health. I think you want that for me. And then there's this thing of, well, either I've got to start making more and spending less or, you know, figure a better way for this, right? But it's kind of scary to step out of that box and actually do something different. I mean, it's like, you mean I won't be able to buy what I want when I want? Yeah. But I want it now. And I'm used to that. It's like, well, sorry. You want health or do you want to live the way you've lived? You mean I might have to get a job or a different job? Yeah. If this is a big enough goal for you. It, <laughs> Years ago, the first time I heard Dave Ramsey, how many know of Dave Ramsey? He's a financial, Christian financial teacher. Um, I don't know if I should even say it. I thought he was a blowhard. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like the fact that I thought that his ministry really applied well to suburban Americans, but I didn't know that it worked in the rest of the world. And uh, so I, I just, yeah. My box did not allow that. Um, but then, you know, one of his first things is, well, get $1,000 ahead. Save $1,000 just for short, small emergencies. And uh, Char and I did that at one point. And it's like, oh, there's kind of a sense of peace here that we're not going to have to rely on the credit card to carry us over 
and then try to pay that thing off. It's just, we have it sitting there. And then you save a little more, and you're going, man, there's a credible amount of peace in this moment. Well, it, it took changing what we were doing. And, you know, I hear people regularly going, I, I, would, like to, I would like to be healthy. And they're talking about their physical being. And it's like, <laughs> it's not rocket science, folks. Diet and exercise, right? But you may have to make your own meals. You may have to buy better food than what you've bought. You, you know, it may cost you, right? It may cost you buying a, a vegetable that doesn't just look like the vegetable but actually has nutrition in it. And it might mean that you would have to uh, take the time to prepare. But at the same time, it's like it's not comfortable because we've learned a way of functioning, but it isn't necessarily getting us where we want to go. And you have to say, okay, i, I got to do different. Um, my daughter has a, a wonderful friend who lives in a different region of the country who had just posted this last week that she'd lost like 84 pounds in the last year. And she's gone, and this is a girl with a sweet, sweet temperament, but she's always had kind of issues with that. And she's going, I joined CrossFit, and I had to realize it isn't just exercise. And then she started in on the nutrition side of it, but she had to deal with things, why am I eating what I'm eating? You know, why am I, well, am I, when I'm sad, do I eat? If I feel like I've done well, do I reward myself? You know, all those things connected. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful story, but she had to begin changing what had been comfortable and what had been her life. And quite honestly, you face the same things if you want to change your sexual habits. You face the same things if, if you want to change our, our, the way that you interact with people to be friends. You have to change the way that, that you, uh, you even approach life. I mean, for these kids... Um, if Josh were to, to, at his age, his grand old age of 12, if Josh were to cry every time things didn't go his way, what would we be thinking at this moment? I was thinking a little brat, but big baby is... You're right. Right? He's had to make some adjustments in life that he didn't necessarily want to make, but he didn't really want to be called a big baby. And that happens all the way through life, right? I, I don't get away with that with my wife. I have to find more subtle ways of whining, you know? <laughs> Or I'll get called a big baby. Those are the things that I truly believe God wants to 
allow us to walk into if we're willing to let him speak to us. But it, it requires, in a sense, like this man saying, my box is this, and this is how I've lived life for 38 years, as was said. Most of my life has been this way. But how bad do I want this change? And that's the, the challenge most of us face even now. It's like there is a moment of illumination where the Lord brings something and makes it alive to us. And we have an option. Am I going to receive that or I'm just going to blow it off because I'm not used to or I don't want to think of the implications of where this might take me? So I, I got way off my notes. I just want to say that Jesus is gracious enough to deal with this man even when his box is not allowing the healing. He's merciful enough to bring healing to a situation that this guy had no clue about. And it's, it's funny to me later that the guy goes, he doesn't even know who healed him. <laughs> you know, he's just happy, picks up his mat, he's trudging off, and the religious leaders are going, what are you doing? You're walking on the Sabbath with a mat? You know, that's illegal. And he goes, well, the guy that healed me told me to take it home. Who did it? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> later on, he finds out. He tells on Jesus, goes, it was, it was him, you know, which, again, you're kind of going, dude, you just got healed. Can't you keep your mouth shut? You know, <laughs> I don't know. But in that, Jesus' message wasn't embraced, but it was still merciful and wondrous. And when you and I are, are looking at, at life together and we're looking at the things of God it may not be embraced by others, but it's still wonderful and merciful. And that's what we step into and walk with him. There are a few things that Jesus takes on after this, and I, I'm not going to spend much time on it, but he, uh, he looks and he says, I'm only doing what the Father does. He's looking at the Father's example, and he's carrying it out on earth. And I suggest to you that as you spend time with God, you will know what God wants done through the activities of your life. That's what Jesus was responding to. He says, I'm doing what the Father does. He, he has it in tune with an understanding of how God functions and how he sees things, and that's what he's stepping forward into. And so I would say that's that's where we need to spend our energy of, God, I need to know who you are and how you function and how you see things so that I can see them as you do. Then Jesus goes on to say, the Father's even going to raise people from the dead. And he's alluding to himself. He says, the Son of Man is going to be raised from the dead. So he's, he's making this declaration, I'm going to die and rise again. And so it's, it's, you know, and then he's going... And the Son is going to give eternal life to those who want it. So again, he's, 
He's not locked into the, just the miracle in that moment. But his purpose is to take it further and saying, there's an understanding that you need to take out of this. So when we read this as well, it's an awareness. God is merciful and good. He has sent his son who offers eternal life. And he goes on to say, and everyone will be judged by the son. So we will all stand before him. So this is important stuff. This isn't just, uh, well, he's a good guy. He's a great teacher. No, this is the son of God who has done something very unusual and powerful. One last thought. I, uh, and it's because this passage came alive to me so strong a few years ago, many years ago now. But um, 5, 39, and 40, Jesus says, you study the scriptures intently, thinking that through them you're saved. And he's talking to religious people and saying, you've, you've essentially made a God out of the Bible, which is, can you even say that in church? The Bible takes us to God. The Bible reveals God. The Bible is not God. And, and so in that, Jesus is saying, you're studying the scripture, but you're not really taking in what it's saying until you embrace God himself. I had, the reason this is important to me is that many years ago, I had seen a man who, was, who hadn't been able to read, a drug addict, um, failed in school, promised God, if, if you'll teach me to read, I'll read your Bible every day. And he would read 10 chapters a day, pray every day, and I, I saw the power of his life, and I'm going, I want that. And so I kind of made the same vow, and I started in it 10 chapters a day. Did that for several years. And then, then I thought, if 10 is good, 12 would be better. If 12 is good, maybe 15 would be great. And then I don't know anyone that reads 20 a day, and, and I was doing that for a while. It had become my badge, so to speak. And quite honestly, in that season, I've, I knew the scripture better than I know it now in some ways. I, I, I knew which side of the page things were on. I knew, you know, you, it was very rare that you could ask me about any passage that I wouldn't be familiar with it. But it's like one day I'm reading this passage and I'm going, whoa. This is my badge. I'm not in love with God in this moment. I'm in love with the discipline that says I can do this better than anyone else. I'm in love with the fact that, that people can't ask me questions that I don't know. You know, I'm, love, you know, I'm in love with the knowledge more than I am in love with God. And <laughs> he took that discipline away from me for a number of years where I felt like I, had, I did not have the, it, it wasn't appropriate for me to be doing that kind of thing because it, I'm, I get so dialed in on those kind of things. I've had the same experience with prayer and fasting because I, once I dial in, that's who my, what my temperament's like. But it isn't about the discipline as much as it's about 
the relationship with God himself. So it's crucial that we look at these stories and we don't go, oh, that's amazing. I, I want to know all the nuances. It's not the nuances of the story. It's pointing us to the relationship with God. And that's what we have to, to say. Okay, God in this moment, help me to deal with any unbelief that I might have and to embrace what you have. In this moment, Lord, I ask that you will help me to acknowledge that times I build walls or boxes that I assume that you have to function inside of. What would you take me out of? Or there are things that I have sealed you off from and said, I don't want you in there. I'm doing fine the way it is. And I have to be willing to say, the door is open. Help me to change. Help me to, help me to be courageous enough to start living differently and responding differently. Because I know that this is essential in you. Father, we thank you for your scripture that speaks life. We thank you for these truths found in these miracles. We thank you that you conquer distance. We thank you that it's more than a strong personality. We thank you, Lord, that it's more than just natural understanding. But there is something connected with you that speaks of the creator of the ages who has authority over all things. We marvel at that. Help us to become in love with you more than just the things you do. Guide us in that, we ask. Amen. I want to pray for God's blessing upon you. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in relationship with you. I ask as each one goes into their fields of ministry, to the community, I said you gift them with the supernatural. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Help them to live in such a way that you are honored. You lifted up and exalted our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen.